Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Back on the program today, I'm joined by Joe Payone. If that name is familiar to you, well, you probably either know Joe or you were part of the Demand Gen Radio community going back to November of 2019 because that's when Joe and I did our first episode and it was one of the most popular, I think it was the most popular episode for a long time running. It was about demand generation and so I am thrilled to have Joe back on the program because we've got a similar topic today and one that's come up quite a bit recently for me. So let's get Joe back on the program. Joe, how are you? David, I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you for having me back. Uh, welcome back. Hey, look, not only did I want to cover this topic, but you're the guy who had one of the most popular, I, I believe it was the most popular episode for a long time running. And so why not have you back to share more great words of wisdom? It was November 19th of 2019. And you and I both know what happened after that. It was a very big moment in your life. It was. It was right before I went on leave, paternity leave for my second child. And I ended up going at probably the best or the worst time because I left, as you said, November 19th. And I was set to return in March. I think last time we were talking about how generous the policy was at Splunk or yeah. is at Splunk. Yeah. And sure enough, uh, the world had a, a different a different plan. And I haven't been to the office ever since. So it's been going on a year and a half yeah just unbelievable but it's been on the on the positive side great to spend so much more time at home with the family yeah amazing how is Izzy yeah. doing Isabel she's doing great she uh you know just like any other kid in the beginning you're just struggling to survive especially with two kids now <laughs> yeah and you sleep is the the rarest commodity you can find but things are settling in she's still every night She's still throwing out a yell here and there just to make sure everyone's in the house yep. and can hear her. Checking on everybody. Yeah, just just to be sure. <laughs> and you've all been in the house a lot, so uh, I'm not... We have. <laughs> yeah, big big changes <laughs> now. Well, hey, welcome back. Uh, as I said to, to all of you as we kicked off the episode, we're going to talk about demand generation uh, today. I, I got a phone call, as you know, Joe, it was last week, so ironic or not that we were doing this episode uh, you know, Joe is over at Splunk and and is uh, one of the demand generation leaders over there. And the question came up to me, Joe, was, was, hey, Dave, we have been focused on the enterprise for a long time and we're going mid-market. And the conversation was around the differences between marketing to the enterprise and marketing to the mid-market. And little did he know that that would be the theme of this podcast. So I know I connected the two of you together and I hope you guys have a great one-on-one -on -one chat. Uh, and for everyone else, you've got one of the masters of, of the trade. If you don't know Joe, let me tell you, Joe, he's a phenomenal marketer about other stuff. But Joe, you're probably the worst LinkedIn uh, profile that I've, that I've seen in a long time. Uh, and I mean that with all great compliments because last, last you told me you had 850 recruiters outreach to you what was that in the last year alone or how, what's the time period for that yeah it's <laughs> it's probably been a, about a year and a half and thank you for highlighting that so yeah. anyone who's watching this will immediately go on and see how 
terrible the LinkedIn profile is by design, design by the way. Yeah. I, I know I could put a lot more effort into that, but yes, to your point, recruiters, I, I don't take it as a, as a personal towards me that they think that I'm so special or such a good fit. I think it's more a testament to number one, the company that I work for, and number two, just demand generation yeah. in general. People that are just going down, recruiters going down the list of LinkedIn, just looking for people that match that skill set. So recruiters, I think the, the moral of the story is recruiters have been very active over yeah. the past year and a half. That's what that's kind of why I bring it up. I mean, have have having fun with you because you actually <laughs> save all those emails in a folder, uh, so you could you could literally have account. But I think a lot of you uh, on the program experience uh, a lot of outreach by recruiters. But yeah, it's fun because because Joe's you know he's at Splunk. He's been there three almost four years. Senior director worldwide commercial marketing. And he was the director of demand generation before that. But that's it. There's no bullet points. There's no descriptions uh, with, with hey, you did a little more when you were at Marketo, which is now with Adobe. You said demand generation and account-based marketing. It's probably that ABM right there that is that is really raising the flag on you. Well, I, I think so. And I linked to a couple of examples there, too. So give give the recruiters a little bit more to go off of. Yeah. Well, let, let's dive in because you, you worked on demand generation at marketo and you were doing that at splunk but now targeted to the smb market so why don't i throw the question to you uh and we'll just we'll just go from there that i have which was again uh what's the differences what are some of the things to be considering from a people process technology when you're going mid-market versus enterprise yeah it's 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 a good question and the way splunk had had approached it at least from a marketing standpoint up until very recently when we made the change was Marketing was covering off on both enterprise and commercial accounts. Even though the sales team had already been separated, there was a specific sales team just for worldwide commercial, one for, for just the broader enterprise group. And obviously, there's a little bit of inefficiencies across that. For, for enterprise, the focus, especially at Splunk, is more on uh, account expansion and cross-sell. Mm -hmm. It's more of a target account approach. Even the, the, the folks that are targeted in marketing campaigns it's more VP and above in those types of, uh, of marketing instances. The, the tactics themselves, they're typically more high touch type tactics. There's more of the, you know, the overall surrounding of the accounts so that we can expand on those accounts. And then in addition to just the, the general awareness with the always on campaigns, it's more, or at least it was up until uh, the recent events, it was more field marketing experience events going along with those high touch programs. And then on the, the commercial side, it's more of a velocity business. Yeah. And it's highlighted by the fact that we've got over 65,000 accounts in our segment in worldwide wow. commercial. Yeah, it's a lot. And that doesn't even include the white space. Mm -hmm. So clearly the, the objectives there are a little bit different. We need to start with account prioritization, make sure that we're, we're targeting the right accounts and we're cut and we're segmenting those in the right way. That's going to drive impact for the business. It's both a land and expand motion too. Whereas on the enterprise side, it's certainly more expand. Here we need to we need to fuel the growth of the company by continuing to generate net logos for the business. Yeah. And then when it comes to more of the uh, the, the people we're targeting, even though we do go broad level, it's more at practitioners with specific outcome-based marketing programs. So I, I, I would, um, I'd expand on that by saying it's, 
an individual who's trying to solve a problem at a company where there's you know, maybe a thousand people, maybe 500 people, maybe 20 people, and they're focused on how do I solve that problem? So the way we have to market to them is give them the, the means of which to get to that solution. And from there, we can create opportunities that could end up becoming much larger. Mm-hmm. And that's a completely different motion than, than it typically is for the enterprise account. When you, uh, you moved into this role, how, how long ago was it within it's, the last six months? Yeah, it's been about two months. Okay. So, so real recent when, uh, I I've seen this with a lot of companies that we work, have worked with when they first go to market, they almost don't even have a marketing department. Um, you know, in the, in the beginning, they have a great product. Uh, they'll have a sales leader, uh, oftentimes a CEO or other leadership in the organization is helping to get their first clients and get them off the ground. In the case of Splunk, you guys were doing something so revolutionary in terms of your approach to organizing and structuring data that had immediate success. Uh, What what seemed like to me like immediate success, growing the business, growing the business. There wasn't even really formally a marketing department. Then like a lot of companies, next stage, okay, let's get a marketing department in place and start, uh, you know, let's not rest on our laurels that everyone's just gonna come out and seek uh, the solutions that we have, we got to reach that next level layer of market. And you did that certainly focusing on the enterprise, big dollars, there, big problems that you're, that you're solving. And now the mid market, when you started having the meetings or the meetings were taking place to put a team together, what advice would you have for someone? Uh, again, I was talking with Morali from, from science logic and, uh, when's the time to say, Hey, let's actually put a marketing team in place to focus on the mid-market. I've seen Taleo do this back in the day uh, when they were a client before they got acquired by Oracle and many, many clients make a very conscious decision. Concur is another one who's now part of SAP. There becomes a time that says, let's put a marketing team that focuses on the mid-market as well as a sales team. What was those? What were those conversations like where um, anyone tuning into the program could say, okay, hey, we're now at that stage or approaching that stage. We should do that too. Yeah, and, and before jumping into that, just to underscore your point, you're absolutely right, David. In the beginning, Splunk was like a rocket ship because it was driven by such a great sales team. The product fit revolutionary to your point, but at some point there needed to be more structure around what we were doing from a demand generation perspective for marketing. There were there was definitely a marketing team in place and they were doing phenomenal work, but there was no centralized role that was driving what we all consider to be demand generation. So that happening several years ago was a good next step in the evolution of marketing contributing significantly more pipeline mm-hmm. to the business. And now, yes, to your point, we had to make a decision on how do we want to support the business growth? What's the, what's the right approach from a marketing perspective? And for Splunk, we had marketing set up aligned to the sales, uh, the sales regions just like most other companies do. So we, we had APAC sales with APAC marketing, EMEA sales with EMEA marketing. And then in, in Americas, we had all of it combined where it was commercial enterprise, mid-market, just everything as one single marketing team. Meanwhile, the sales team had already been separated out. So there's dedicated sellers just to the commercial segment versus the enterprise segment. So the conversations were around how do we support the growth for commercial, which has a different number for marketing? And how do we su- best support the enterprise number from a marketing perspective? And because the motions are so different and the growth levers 
and the actual growth that's needed for commercial versus the enterprise business is different. It was, it was reasonable to assume, well, we're going to need dedicated budget. We're going to need dedicated resources. The messaging for these types of accounts is different because there's more education. And a lot of times on the enterprise side, as I mentioned, they're already familiar with Splunk. In many cases, they're already customers. On the commercial side, it's a velocity business. And with 65,000 accounts, we need to speak to those accounts differently. And we need to hit the targets that we have. And I can only imagine as a commercial seller where your, your targets are based on not renewals or not what, what business you've already you've already established, but you need to continue to generate new business, not only for yourself, but also for, for Splunk as a whole. We had conversations around what is the right way for us to support that? And what is what makes the most sense from a demand generation perspective? If we in marketing are signing up for 50%, let's say, of marketing contributed pipeline, how are we going to be able to do that most effectively, especially as we align to the SDRs and BDRs to actually action what we're doing? Does that make more sense to be able to, to align to that in commercial versus what we're doing on the enterprise side, which is a little bit different? Yeah. Um, you, you just gave a little, little stat there about 50% of pipeline contribution. That topic has come up a lot from many of you reaching out to me. Uh, I've gotten several emails, several text messages as people are putting their plans and budget in place. And I can tell you from many of our clients and my own firsthand experience, 50% uh, is not too high of a bar for marketing from a contribution to, to pipeline perspective. You take marketing and a lot of people add alliances, Joe, into that marketing number. You're talking even way north of, of 50%. And, and that's really reflective of what is happening in the market today. Sales is playing a very different role in the buying process. People are doing a lot of their own research. They're interacting with marketing's content, marketing's programs. And by the time they are interacting with sales, even the SDR, uh, that that sourcing and influencing is is greatly happening by marketing. So if your numbers, everybody are way below that, um, you might want to think twice about how your go-to-market approach is and the role that marketing is playing. Maybe topic for another time. Uh, when you said budget, would you say that the uh, you call it the commercial segment, I say mid-market. The commercial segment budget, is that, in your experience, typically a larger budget than the enterprise uh, market? You know, I'm curious to get your perspective on that. Yeah, I, so it depends, obviously, company to company. For us, tying it directly to the objective, so the, the, the separate pipeline number that we have for commercial mm -hmm. versus what we have for enterprise and backing into what's realistic. So the marketing operations team goes through this exercise on what's the average cost per MQL all the way through to, to average cost per opportunity. What do we need at the top of the funnel to achieve the outcome we're looking for? And then from there, we can back into what, what an appropriate budget should look like. And there's definitely nuance within that, but that's a good way to structure it in a way that's data-driven so that you can, you're not, and I don't think a lot of companies are just throwing a dart at the wall by any means, but it gives you a way to establish what's what's a realistic baseline for a budget. Yeah. Full disclosure to you guys, Splunk, Splunk is one of our largest clients here at, at BDO Digital. The relationship goes back, uh, I want to think about five, six years. Um, most of you know we were formerly DemandGen. DemandGen is now part of BDO uh, Digital. And one of the things that we do with Splunk is my team, uh, we're an extension of their team from a campaign production so these guys have built a, a really world-class demand center where they're doing high volume email production 
and we are doing a lot of the email work for them among other projects that we've done. Joe, around the, the campaigns, I'm curious how you guys prioritize those resources, right? You've got the enterprise marketing team, that's of course gonna be do some portion of email marketing, and you've got now your commercial team. Um, how, how do you divide, you've got budget being divided, you've got shared resources, how are you allocating and prioritizing those resources for the different campaigns that need to take place? Great, great question. And actually that just reminded me, you brought up the fact that I had some change happen in 2019. Well, <laughs> significant change on your end. Congratulations Thank about you. the acquisition. And my goodness, it's great to see how much investment's being made in the business. And it's just, just phenomenal. Congratulations. I know you worked extremely hard building that business from, from the ground up and it's yeah. great to see the success you. that you guys are having. I, I released a, I released a video on the channel on, on why we joined forces with BDO digital. I don't know if you had a chance to, to see that, but I, you know, a press release isn't enough, Joe, I feel to really tell the whole story. And so did that video. And, and it's interesting because, uh, the relationship between the CIO and marketing and the CFO is, and, and of course the, the chief revenue officer, or the head of sales, those relationships are really the team that is driving growth in the organization today. And, and we joined forces, Joe, we, you and I didn't have a chance to talk about it because I felt that because, you know, demand gen was, was had the relationship with the CMO and that whole, you know, team that we would be better serving an organization from a digital transformation perspective if we were able to bring services far beyond the office of the, the CMO. So, so far going really well, still new for us. It happened uh, March 16th and what at the time of this recording's end, end of June, we're just about to hit uh, July 1st, but thank you. Uh, that was big news. Well, 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 you were just getting back in, in the office. Um, but getting back to that, that question about prioritizing uh, yeah resources and campaigns how are you managing that well we take all the resources obviously. <laughs> they're all mine <laughs> i get everything <laughs> well we we do have i'd say disproportionate advantage of using resources because email in particular is a big channel for us for the commercial segment when we've got significantly larger database for commercial and it it resonates across the different use cases we have and the different types of personas that we have we end up feeding a lot more programs through you guys. And we've got a team that sits under marketing operations that helps manage and triage ticket requests that come in to leverage, the, to leverage your team and building out the programs. But we've got such a close relationship with them. I don't wanna say we, we get prioritized ahead of anything because it's not like that. It's more around business needs, but we're, we're sending certainly a higher volume to them because the way we're approaching our, our email marketing is really by getting granular with our segmentation. We're not just cutting it by persona or by use case, but really getting specific around behavior and building as many different permutations that are going to lead to positive outcomes as we, as we possibly can. And that, of course, means we've got a lot of triggered-based programs that are sent through your team to build and even a lot of batch and blast programs that come in as new contents developed. So if I had to summarize how we're prioritizing resources in general through, through what you guys do, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a shared resource, but the email channel in particular is leveraged more, I'd say just more frequently with what we're doing. Yeah. 
No, we we feel it. You guys you guys launch a lot of campaigns. We, <laughs> we keep adding members to the team on a regular basis. And you guys, uh, uh, when it, let's talk about tech in terms of the the tools of enterprise class marketing versus commercial marketing. Are there are there tools that you're using either differently or not using at all? Uh, contrast any of that because you know we all do email marketing and typically in enterprise you're going to have very high touch marketing as you said earlier um, very direct targeted activities thus where account-based approaches are, are in place but from a tech perspective anything different in terms of recommendations that you would you would say you know these are things that you need to have if you're going mid-market versus abm or vice versa yeah, another good question. I think there's there's just the standard that regardless of what segment you're going after, obviously you need marketing automation, attribution, all of that. I think for, for commercial, especially because our numbers directly tied to what the SDRs and BDRs are producing, mm -hmm. sales productivity tools like Outreach or SalesLoft, those are key because we also take the insights we get from those, from tools like that and feed them into the marketing programs that we're doing so we can optimize not just at the at the front end of the funnel with MQLs we're generating for the inbound team, but also how those progress through. And we do things a little bit differently on the enterprise side, but we are we are heavily reliant on sales productivity tools to tie back in yeah. to, to feed into what we need to modify or adjust or optimize from a marketing perspective. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, give a little plug for demand gen tv i know many of you are listening to this podcast on your favorite podcast app which is phenomenal uh but it was about six months or so joe that we started simulcasting if you will the the podcast on demand gen tv our youtube channel which is fastest way to get there's demandgen.tv and the reason i bring it up is these sales enablement tools that joe's talking about in addition to the podcast i do a lot of show and tell videos there so i've had the folks from zoom info and other sales enablement technologies on the program. And so if you guys wanna see demos, short demos of some of these tools and technologies, uh, be sure to, to subscribe to the channel, check those out, because we make videos every uh, single week. But SalesLoft, Outreach, anything else that you're seeing your, your SDR team or the sales team use uh, besides those? Well, I'd say in conjunction with that, it's obviously data is extremely important. So when we we're spending a lot of money for lead acquisition type programs mm -hmm. for, for a lot of the, the top of the funnel. Yeah. So leveraging technology for appending data is extremely important and reliable data that we can, that we can provide to the team, especially with what's obviously transpired where if they're getting, if the, the SDR team in particular is getting data that's associated with an office, but someone's not in an office any longer, how do we ensure that they've got the right contact information to get that person on the phone or to, to ensure that they're, they're able to complete the tasks that they need to. So appending data ends up be, becoming pretty critical with what we're doing. Otherwise you've got a lot of uh, SERs that are calling on uh, switchboards or they're unable to even get through because it's just landing in an office line that's that no one's, no one's answering yeah. potentially. You mentioned uh, about the need for different messaging, because these are yep. different audiences for sure. How do you structure your demand generation team, marketing team uh, for that expertise? Do you have people that are specifically focused on content and, and related marketing programs, 
for that? Again, are you sharing those resources that are also going after the enterprise market? Yeah, no, it's another good question. It's a shared resource. The way I've got my team structured is inbound campaign managers and outbound campaign managers. And we, we didn't really get into this, but we've got uh, objectives on the inbound side that we need to hit. And then we've conversely got outbound numbers that we're supposed to support as well. So the way the team is structured is more from that perspective aligned with our inside sales team. But when it comes to messaging, it's about partnering with product marketing mm -hmm. as a shared service across both commercial and enterprise. But this is the first time now that we've separated out commercial that we have a true voice at the table and we've got the resources on our team that's building campaigns to be able to go to those meetings with product marketing and make suggestions on where we need to have messaging changes or even just connect the dots with people in commercial yeah. to, to make those recommendations on how we need to tweak our messages slightly, what, what resonates better for commercial mm -hmm. so that we have what we need to, to land within our marketing campaigns. You remember back in the uh, Marketo days, you had folks like Bill Binch and Ted Purcell. Ted's now at, uh, at Telium where my daughter is. Uh, but you had guys who led commercial sales and then you had folks like Matt Hines who were doing the enterprise sales. Uh, what's the sales structure look like at, at Splunk in terms of who you're working with from a go-to-market perspective? Do you, you Is it divided up like that? Yeah, it's, it's very similar. So we've got a uh, VP of commercial sales, of worldwide commercial sales, and then there's the, the same counterpart on the enterprise side. So our primary counterpart is that, and is that person. And then below him, the way the way it's structured is similar to, to the way it was at Marketo. There's uh, GVPs and then uh, the AVPs below that, drilling into the district level of RSDs and then the actual sellers below them. So our primary stakeholders end up being the VPs and the AVPs and the RSDs from a strategy standpoint. And then of course, ensuring that everyone's fully aware of the marketing programs we're putting in place ensuring that the RSMs have full visibility into what we're doing and that we're creating alignment with what their key priorities are. And that's another piece too, that we were missing in some ways from the way we were structured before where we might've received feedback from commercial sellers, but there was really no way to action it because we in marketing, we didn't necessarily have resources to do two separate campaigns for the same topic one that would just resonate with the enterprise audience, one that would just resonate with the commercial audience. But now we can we can get that feedback and we can actually put it into market with our marketing programs. Nice. I'm going to put you on the spot as as we as we wrap up. I got at, at least one question for you left. I did a post on LinkedIn about a week and a half ago. I don't know if you caught it. It is my most engaged post that I've ever made. Uh, it is the most shared post that I've ever created. Uh, and it was tips to college-bound students looking to enter the field of marketing and, and specifically uh, going to get a, get a degree in marketing. And I think I gave eight or nine. I originally gave eight pieces of advice uh, and then did a bonus uh, when I thought about something else I needed to add later on. Looking at your career, Joe, you've, you've had phenomenal success. We started off with a, a little bit of humor on how much outreach of people looking for your skills and expertise highly, highly in demand. I mean, it's a wonderful time to be in marketing. It is If the real estate market is a seller's market right now, uh, the, the, the workplace, certainly in marketing, is an employee's market right now. It's incredible demand. What advice would you give uh, and, and, and pick who your audience is. Mine was the college bound student, but what advice would you give 
to folks uh, in terms of learnings or experiences that you've had uh, that have helped you succeed? Could be anything, Joe. From yeah. you know, my, one of my one of my pieces of advice was learn how to stay out late at night uh, and socialize till wee hours of the morning and be able to be at your best game at eight o'clock in the morning, no sleeping in. Uh, and I'm sure you can relate because in marketing, we we socialize quite a bit with each other, with our clients, with our partners. And those those evenings can go till one, two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And if you're at a show and the booth is open at eight, it's game on. There is there is no, you don't get a hall pass uh, from a performance perspective. And, and we know back in college, uh, you could sleep in if you didn't have class the next day, not the case. So what advice would you have, either someone who's already in the field of marketing or, or students thinking about this path? I think the most important thing, and maybe this will throw you off a little bit, is to be likable. People want to work with people that they like, and there'll be a higher threshold for tolerance of someone who maybe is lacking in certain skill sets. If they're someone that has the right attitude, if they're internally driven, if they've got that motivation, to your point, to get up even when they're tired because they've been out late, but they know they, they need to do it or they feel like they have to do it. Hiring, when I, when I look to hire someone, it's those those qualities as opposed to just the, the, the raw skill sets, which of course, clearly important, but someone that is internally driven, someone that's motivated, someone that's, that you like working with. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all, we spend so much time, even more so now than ever, with our coworkers, you need to work with people that you enjoy working with. And obviously that's subjective and, and that can mean a lot of different things. But specifically what I mean is people that are not so rigid in their mindset, they're more flexible and they're willing to, to give and take with their relationships because nothing gets done in marketing by yourself. You, you work together and you rely on other people's expertise. Yeah. But if, if you see a name or a face pop up in a group meeting and you think, oh, this person, you know, they're difficult to work with. They're always providing, you know, negative feedback on, mm -hmm. on this or that. It becomes extremely difficult and taxing. And for an organization to continue to thrive, we really need to be on the same page with respect to how we treat each other, how we're approaching problems, and just making sure that you're you're a reasonably likable person yeah. that is not just you know it's not not out to be a contrarian just to be a contrarian. Yeah, I, it's it's phenomenal advice. I don't know if anybody listening can go. Well, how do I become more likable? We we can talk about that. Uh, <laughs> certainly, re reach out to me if you feel like you're not likable, and maybe we can we can unpack that. It's interesting the words that you used. I think it's somewhere still on the demandgen.com site in our careers area. I said a similar thing, Joe, and I felt this when I started the company 14 years ago was, if you spend a third of your life in bed, you should buy a good mattress because you spend a lot of your time there. If you spend a third of your day at work, you should work at a company where you really like the people or at least at a minimum, your 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 team. And when you we talked earlier about you know demand gen coming together and becoming part of BDO Digital, when we were interviewing different companies and different private equity firms, and we talked to the folks at BDO Digital, I bet Bob Knott, who's now my co-partner in BDO Digital, and you know this guy really leading 
big part of the decision. And that was the reaction that I had in that first call, really within that first 10 minutes is, this is someone I like, this is someone I respect, this is someone I'm gonna enjoy working with. And you know, we went through the entire process of the two companies coming together and had never met face to face. We did this over Zoom uh, for a year. And, and when you're selling your company and joining another company, uh, there's a lot of, of communication that needs to take place. So when he and I finally got a chance to meet for the very first time last week here in our office, very first time after all of this, you know, the, the first place we went to is we gave each other a hug and um, because we accomplished a lot uh, together. And it was it, it, it's a it's a great relationship It's something that I really value. And our and our team is responding the same way uh, as well. So great advice. And, you know, if you're not likable, uh, hopefully you've got a friend uh, that can be transparent with you and talk about some personality quirks. I think it's phenomenal advice. I, you know, uh, Rob Mayo over there, one of your, one of your teammates, Rob, who, uh, you know, leads over on the marketing operations side, extremely likable guy. We were, we were, we were talking about Rob before the podcast, uh, started, but Rob used to be part of our team and, and really started here fresh out of college. And I watched him grow and thrive and then moved into on the client side. So great advice. Uh, anything else you want to share about life as a commercial marketer, commercial leader in demand generation before we sign off? Well, I, I'm obviously biased on this topic, but if I had to, if I had to pick, I'd certainly choose to be working on the commercial side for all the reasons we talked about, but it really is a different motion. I know you know that David, but to be able to, to be part of a, a volume velocity motion where it's dynamic. And even though Splunk is getting to become a much larger company, still we operate more like a startup in that we try things, we fail fast, we, we're testing, constantly iterating on what we're doing. And there's, there's a lot of excitement in how we approach marketing on the, on the commercial side. So not that there's anything wrong with, with enterprise marketing by any means. And it's, it's obviously a huge part of most businesses but uh, I am a little biased on the topic and I yeah. certainly enjoy, enjoy the commercial space. Yeah, I, it was the whole reason that I went into marketing in the first place versus choosing a career in, in like sales is because uh, I like the volume game. I wanted to change the world. I wanted to have a profound impact, um, you know, whether it was a software invention of mine that I brought to market back in, in 1999 and, and got, you know, millions and millions of people to use it. I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to have one customer at a time. And, and certainly in enterprise sales, it is not a volume game, uh, but it's strategically important. Uh, as I mentioned, Splunk's one of our largest clients and, and you guys' investment with us is substantial. And that's important to our business. It creates a lot of careers for people in our organization. And we have a lot of uh, commercial clients with, that, are, that are smaller engagements with us. And that's the volume of our business, but we, we serve both markets. so. I, I applaud that advice that if you if you want to feel lots of wins every day, lots of at-bats and lots of wins in marketing, uh, then then look at a segment like this, either SMB segment or commercial segment, because you can just really have a tremendous impact on the business and on the on the growth. Great advice. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. Joe, thank you so much uh, for joining me again uh, on Demand Gen Radio. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Demand Gen Radio. Love making the podcast for you guys. I know I was off my rhythm just a little bit as the two companies were coming together and didn't get as many episodes out as I'd like to, uh, but we are back on course. And if you haven't checked out, like I said, Demand Gen TV, 
um, check it out. Take a look at uh, some of the video episodes there. We've got how demand gen does demand gen uh, episodes in there. We've got some great interviews uh, that maybe you missed earlier on the podcast. And we've got a lot of show and tell of MarTech and sales tech. So I really appreciate you guys joining. We just broke a thousand subscribers on YouTube, which is like a very steep mountain to get there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for you guys clicking that subscribe button and sharing the content. Really means a lot to me uh, producing this content that you guys are tuning in on such a regular basis. That's going to do it. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 